Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. It can be a great principle of effective communication, speaking where people are at. In today's program, you're going to see Jesus doing precisely that as we continue to learn the Gospel of Matthew. Our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah. Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. Yes, Jesus is the soon-coming King. He always was King, but when He comes, He will be crowned for all to see. And He's no politician. He will rule with a rod of iron, as per Psalm 2 and verse 9. This ruling with a rod of iron is repeated three times in the book of Revelation. We're going to continue to learn the parables of Jesus in Matthew chapter 13. In fact, we'll be looking at what is called agricultural parables. Matthew 13, verses 24 to 35. Probably one of the key parables is the one I'm about to share with you. It's called the wheat and the tares. What an amazing illustration about life in this world. The fact that when it comes to the last days, last days is not all one-sided. It's not just about darkness, doom, and gloom. There is that element. I have to be honest, it's there. But amazingly, as things get darker, those that are part of God's light actually get brighter. So the last days is not a time of negative events, It's more accurate to say the last days are times of contrast, where darkness gets darker, but light gets brighter, and where the righteous become more righteous while the wicked increase in wickedness. So, for example, it says here, The kingdom of heaven is likened to the man which sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. So, where did the terrorists come from? It came from an enemy. The question is now that you understand what happened here. You had good seed, you had good soil, and yes, the good seed is starting to grow, but bad seed has also come alongside. Now that we understand where the bad seed came from, what do we do about it? And here in the parable of the wheat and tares, we get some amazing insight. I'll highlight a little bit of it, but I want to save the bulk of it for the main program. Well, you see what happens is you've got a choice. You either start weeding out the tares now, and that is an understandable reaction. You see something that shouldn't even be there. Therefore, you uh, you start to get rid of it. But that's not what's going to happen. The tares will not be dealt with immediately. And the reason they won't be dealt with immediately is because it's for the sake of the good seed, of the wheat that is popping up. Because if you dealt with the tares now, 
the good seed and the good crop can be harmed as well. Hence, what do you do? You have the second option, and that's basically to wait. Wait until both grow side by side, and then will come the harvest. And when that occurs, then you can deal with both the wheat and tares and be fully discerning which is which. No confusion, no danger of harming the good while punishing the bad. So discernment is a key here in understanding not just the parable of the wheat and tares, but to understanding everything. And by the way, in an age of mendacity, spin, half-truths, fake news, we need discernment of truth, God's truth, more than ever. And that is why we need to learn God's Word. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be rightly related to the body of Christ, because that's how you optimize your ability to discern and that you're not fooled or taken advantage of by the very deceitful elements found in our world. And look, they can even come to church. Don't think that somehow church is a safe zone from deception. Anybody can come to church, and anybody can really spin a yarn. So friends, let's listen carefully to the parables of the sower, as well as the parable of the wheat and tares, and be discerning. Now it's time to read the entire section, Matthew 13, verses 24 to 35. Our lesson is called Agricultural Parables. And again, the reference is Matthew 13, verses 24 to 35. Let's listen carefully to God's word. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, Then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householders came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He has said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come, and lodge in the branches thereof. And another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took, and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole loaf was leavened. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables. And without a parable spake he not unto them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. Our reading of God's word has been from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 35. And our lesson is called Agricultural 
parables. Well, let's go right into it. Jesus is speaking the mysteries of God's kingdom, but he makes these mysteries known to those that belong to him. Aren't you glad for that? And you might say, well, I don't know if I do belong to him. Well, stay tuned, and by the time we're done, you will belong to him. Jesus is telling his famous kingdom parables. He had just told the multitude about the parable of the sower, but privately, he gave his disciples the full explanation so that they would gain that amazing and needful quality called understanding. That's why Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 implores us, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Why? Because wisdom is the principal thing. And wisdom is not just a corpus of knowledge, an ideology, a philosophy, even a theology. It is a person named Jesus. Coming to Jesus, listening to Jesus, is the wisest thing we can do. So Jesus is telling them the mysteries of the kingdom, that is, his followers. Once they understood the parable, they're in a position to bear fruit for God. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a man that sowed good seed in the field. That's verse 24 of Matthew 13. But while the man slept, verse 25, his enemy came and sowed tares in his field and then departed. Now, I often thought tares were just another name for weeds, but it's not necessarily weeds. Tares are like wheat, but they are corrupted, deficient, and depraved. They're almost like a phony, a counterfeit to the real thing. Now, none of us want fake wheat in our bread, and neither do we want fake truth when it comes to the things of God. So you've got an issue of conflicting fruit in Matthew thirteen twenty six, because once the wheat, which was good seed planted in good soil, began to spring up, the tares also did the same. Now the servants of the man, the farmer, came to him quickly. They said, you know, didn't you sow good seed? Yes, I did. So then why do we have tares growing in the field? And the man was very discerning. Matthew 13, 28. He knew the answer. Yes, I definitely sowed good seed. Yes, it's definitely good soil. The only way these tares have come is because an enemy put them there. So, what do you do in the face of this kind of challenge? They said, what do we do? The servants asked, do we now weed out the tares? Well, I've already talked about this, but it bears repeating. The master says, Matthew 13, 29, don't touch anything just yet. Because the master wisely knew that in their attempt to tear out the tares, the good seed and the good wheat could be harmed in the process. When you ask the philosophical and all-too-real question, is God good? And if he is good, why is there evil? And if God hates evil, why doesn't he do something now? Well, the fact is God has already done something. He sent his son Jesus to this planet to die for sins, including our own sins. Yes, we need to be honest and admit it's not just the world and life that has a sin problem, but we personally have a sin problem, meaning we all fall short 
of God's best. Sin means to miss the mark, to fall short, to violate God's precepts and commandments. And let's not kid ourselves in our narcissistic, delusional way. We are all sinners. It tells us in Romans three twenty three, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, I don't believe in harping on the sin issue. There's so many things to cover, but let's let's be honest. We don't hear much about it, and it's not that sin has gone out of business. It's alive and well on planet Earth. No, it's because we take a softer approach, a more inclusive, a more therapeutic feel-good thing. And friends, look, the, if you want to feel good, then go all the way with God. Yes, his truth may sting like antiseptic on a wound, but it is a purifying effect, and it will preserve you from the evil to come. So what is the plan? Matthew 13.30, the plan of dealing with the bad tares and preserving the good wheat is simple. What you do is this, let both the wheat and the tares grow up together side by side. The fact that God doesn't do anything now is actually for our sake. When I say don't do anything now, if he did do something now, I'm telling you, even the righteous would be terrified. So God mercifully leaves everything as is so that both the tares will be manifest for the evil that they are and the wheat will be manifest when fully grown for the righteous that they are. It's that simple. Let them grow side by side. Then, at the time of the harvest, will come the separation. The reapers will be told to gather the tares first, bundle them, and toss them into the fire. The wheat will be put in barns. Now, Jesus' persistent and obnoxious opponents may have started off as wheat, and that's Matthew 12, but their attitude rendered them as tares, fit only for the fire at the proper time. Strong language, I know. But we're dealing with God's word here. And that's exactly what he says. Throw the tares into the fire. Well, let's move on to something a little more, uh, how should we say it, softer? The parable of the mustard seed. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? They are round and they are small. And the mustard seed is planted in the ground or sown in the field. And then what happens? It goes from small to large. It becomes such a large tree that the birds of the air lodge there in its branches. You see, that's how God likens his kingdom. The kingdom is like the grain of mustard seed that is sown in the field. And Jesus calls the mustard seed the least of all seeds. But when it grows, it's the largest of all. So that the birds enjoy it too. You may start off small in your service of God and of his kingdom. Let God do all the heavy lifting and let God do all the growing. He will bear the growing pains on your behalf. Let it grow like the mustard seed into the greatest of all. And then you have the issue of the leaven, parable of the leaven, like yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast or leaven sown into the meal. What was once small now grows into something much larger. We call it the big loaf of bread, the multitudes. Verse 34 of Matthew 13, what we learn is Jesus spoke to the crowds only in parables. And here, by doing so, he's fulfilling another prophecy found in Psalm 78, verse 2. Psalm 78, verse 2, where Jesus says, 
that rather than open my mouth in parables or in plain speech, I speak in parables and I will speak of things kept secret from old, namely the foundation of the world. Interesting, this is a prophecy, but is not found among the prophetic books. It's found in the Psalms. Please understand that Old Testament prophecy is not merely limited to the five major prophetic books and the 12 minor prophets. Prophecy is actually scattered throughout the whole of the Old Testament, the 39 books. So again, by speaking only in parables, Jesus is fulfilling Psalm 78 verse 2 that says, I will open my mouth in parables. I will speak of things kept secret from old, namely the foundation of the world. And so Jesus is teaching by parables. And while, again, it may not be 100% clear, why does he speak in parables and not plain speech? We know he's fulfilling prophecy, but what's going on here? Can I just say, it, Hebrews 11.6 says, God rewards those who diligently seek him. And part of the reward is he gives you understanding about the things of the kingdom, so you can bear fruit and be blessed accordingly. As one Bible teacher put it, God blesses the diligent seeker, not the casual inquirer. The crowds were the casual inquirers. Yes, they got the word. Yes, they got their healings. But there's more than just getting a healing. We're talking about eternity. And in this regard, we need to get it right. And the only way to get it right is to become full-on followers of Jesus. We're not talking about being religious. We're not talking about being fanatics. We're not talking about extremism. We're talking about living the life that the Bible describes. It's like being a V8 engine and firing up on all eight cylinders rather than one or two. So our lesson is called Agricultural Parables. And our lesson for life is many have heard of the parables, but only few understand them. Make sure you're part of this select minority. In order for that to happen, say yes to Jesus as Savior and say yes to Jesus as Lord. Remember to visit us at our website at tan.org.au and subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter so you can become future ready through our articles of the Bible victorious living, and current events in the light of God's Word. And also, please visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations, Education, and thank you for liking our page. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have made a way for us in this barren wilderness and streams in the desert. Thank you that we are going to be as wheat and not as tares. And thank you that the future is bright because we believe in Jesus, we trust Jesus, and we follow him. In his wonderful name we pray. Amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.